0: Welcome to the Exercising Depression podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Claire, your host, and today we're going to be talking about losing a hero. housekeeping and a content warning um, first of all the cat's here <laughs> so cat noises cat on the screen cat's here second of all um, today we're going to be talking about suicide suicide ideation, self-harm um celebrity suicide i guess um you know all that kind of thing so just a, a content warning for those kinds of things trigger you might not be the best one to listen to so yeah, today we're talking about something that I've wanted to talk, to talk about Sorry, for quite a while actually. And I actually sat down to record this episode a few weeks ago. And first of all, I really did feel up to it mentally. And second of all, I thought I really wanted to give this justice, like what I was talking about. I really wanted to talk about it properly and get out everything that I kind of wanted to, to talk about. Which I hope I do. We'll see. Um, I put it off long enough, uh, and I, I really want to to talk about it. So today we're going to be talking about um, the about Chester Bennington, who was the sing one of the singers from the band Linkin Park. Now Linkin Park are my favourite band, and they've been my favourite band since I was thirteen. And other bands have come and gone, the ones that I really, really like, uh, you know, fads that I've had, but Linkin Park have always, always been my 100% number one favourite band ever. And they still are. And unfortunately, uh, the lead singer, well, one of the lead singers, Chester Bennington, unfortunately, he took his own life in 2017. And it's something that hit me incredibly hard. Um, I wasn't expecting it. And um, but, and I remember the moment I found out and the fact that he had committed suicide. Uh, I really struggled with. It was really hard um, to deal with. But a little bit of history, I guess. Um, Lincoln Park. Yes, I've been fans of them since I was thirteen years old when they fir- their first album came out in two thousand. Was it two thousand or two thousand one? I think it was two thousand. Let me just quickly Google because that just. That's really bad if I don't know that. <laughs> 2000, yeah. So I first heard um, of Linkin Park in 2000 when their debut album their, their came out, Hybrid Theory. And I actually first heard, the, uh, the first song I heard of theirs was um, called In The End. And it's actually one of my favourite songs of Linkin Park. But I heard it at a friend's house and was completely and utterly transfixed right at that moment. I heard the song and it was just, it was such a different kind of song. And one that, like, so at the time, I uh, sort of identified sort of a, as a mosher, uh, someone who likes um, alternative music at the time. So people that, like, really like new metal, metal rock music. Um, and I was actually introduced to this band and the, the whole genre of music from my my, my friend group at the time. Uh, actually, David, who was on uh, a couple of weeks ago, he was one of these who introduced me to this this kind of music, and ultimately introduced me to uh, Linkin Park. Um, yeah, so thanks for that, guys. Um, and obviously, it's something that I've carried on. <laughs> you know, it's sort of a identifying more with the sort of the alternative side of life. Um, if you're watching the vlog, you can sort of see my studio. It's uh, striped, and uh, there's a framed picture of a skull up there, and a framed picture of. Uh, Bella Lugosi poster up there. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's very much sort of, yeah, especially at that time. You know, you're sort of 13 years old. You're trying to find your way in the world, see where you fit in, um, or not. You know, you know that kind of thing. And I sort of very much found my niche then, and that I sort of just carried on identifying like that. And you know, I love you know the darker side of life and the you know the music that comes with that, the art, all that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I was sort of into new metal at the time, and then heard in the end. This was at a friend's house, and I remember thinking, "Wow, um, this is an awesome song. I love this song." Who? What's this band? Who's this band? Um, and found out that they were Linkin Park. I think that weekend I went out to HMV and bought their album, <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> you know, it was incredible. Uh I loved them ever since and um yeah, they've been my favourite band for a stupid amount of years. Um I'm thirty three now and they've been my favourite band for twenty years. Holy cow. Twenty years. Whoa that's insane. Anyway, so yeah, so back in twenty seventeen, um Chester Bennington, who's one of the one of the singers, he sadly uh committed suicide. And I remember the day that I found out um, throughout all these years, Linkin Park being my favourite band, Chester Bennington became one of my real heroes in life. Um, it came out not, um, not too le- much later than, like, I think their second album came out and he opened up and, was, and came out and said that he'd been um, abused as a, as a child and as a young person. And you know, a lot of things made sense uh, when you listen to lyrics about abuse and, and all that kind of thing. He, he became a real hero of mine. Um, that he, his music, his lyrics, um, and Mike Schneider as well, like they both write the lyrics and they both sing and you know, rap on, on, the, um, on the records. Um, but it was the first time. It's the only real music I've really properly identified with, um, lyrically and like, emotionally. Like it's been they've been a real support system for me growing up. Um, you know, through mental health problems, identity crises and um you know, just those feelings of, of um unrest and mental health torture, you know, just Linkin Park and their music were always a uh, constant in my life that I could really rely on. And they, they inspired me a lot. Um, artwork, poetry, um, writing. I was really hugely inspired by Linkin Park and by Chester Bennington's words. So well, I remember the day. <laughs> I remember the day that, that it happened. Um, I'd spent the day, actually, um, at my husband's previous school, uh opening attending an opening for a wildlife garden that they cultivated that my husband had cultivated with a with a um, an eco club that they'd been doing and, and we we're having they're having an opening I'd I'd helped with it as well obviously not as much but you know in my in my own ways and they're having an opening and a, a local artist was coming to open it and it was a whole thing and it was lovely it was really really nice day it was a beautiful day um and it was really fun, and it, I just remember having a, a really great day. And then we were driving home, and I was just we were nearly, nearly home. Actually, we were really we were less than a mile away from home. And I, I looked at my phone, and I saw, Linkin Park singer, dead. And I I don't know. I kind of thought it was like one of those joke ones. I don't I don't know. Like someone gets you know killed in the comments or you know devastated by something and they you know they're like oh my god literally dead whatever and I I clicked on the link and it said Chester Bennington found hanging or something along those words that it it was obvious that it was suicide and I just said to my husband I was like oh Chester's dead and I just like I kind of feel like I don't really remember much after that I just felt like I'd really shut down after that like Wait what? Like they they just released a, like an album and they were actually like they'd been on a tour. They'd actually been in the UK like not that long before, and I I kicked myself so much afterwards like because I really wanted to go and see them with their like tour with their new album, but I never got round to really getting tickets. And I wished so I wished so much that I'd I'd got tickets for that tour because you know. Um. I'd have seen them live for the last time not that i been but I've seen them live three times um, and they're brilliant live they're really good live I just, I mean it's hindsight isn't it you you think of these things after 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 events and you think gosh I wish I'd done that, I wish I'd done this but I really wish that I think one thing that really put me off getting the tickets was they were so expensive because Linky Park are a pretty big band it's really strange because they're sort of not big as in like they're all over the place but they have a huge following, and the great thing about Linkin Park, I've always found that, is that they, because they have their very much their own sound, um, they don't sound like anybody else, and they sound like Linkin Park, which is the thing that captured my attention right over in the beginning, right when I was a teenager, that um, they, they, you listen to their songs, you listen to their albums, and they, they sound like Linkin Park, they very much created a sound. Um, that when you go to shows you'd see so many different kinds of people there it wouldn't just be like rock fans metal fans rap fans whatever Linkin Park fans that have breached so many genres um, and so many different kinds of people that you'd go to a show and you'd see all these different kinds of people and I loved that like I really loved that about them and and because you know they have such a big following and they, you know, they pull, they pull throughout, like, crowds of thousands, you know. Yeah, their tickets are always a bit, bit more on the expensive side because they tend to just do the arenas. Um, so it, it, almost, it always put me off a little. Um, I was never, you know, I never sort of begrudged them that. And I was really happy that they were, you know, really, um really good, good, great and successful band. But it did always make me think second, you know, second think, second think. You know, second guess whether go whether I should go or not. Um, I just really wish I had done that that year. I wish I had gone to see them because I think the very last show they ever did was in Birmingham. And don't quote me on that. I don't actually know if that's true or not. But um, I remember going home afterwards, and it's really it was just before my husband and I's anniversary, um, wedding anniversary. So that would be what. Three years, our three-year anniversary, and we were going away. I think we were going to Wales or something, and yeah, we went to Wales for a weekend or something. Like a week later or something. I just, I felt numb. Like, I didn't. I don't remember sort of really feeling that sort of, you know, devastated. I, mean, I was obviously devastated. I am devastated, but I don't. I remember just feeling like. Shit! Like what? He's he's, he's killed himself, and I just, I just I wished and hoped and prayed that it wasn't real, that it was like some sort of weird hoax, and that he wasn't really dead. And then things were coming out; it was on the news, um, and obviously that happens. And you think, well, it has to be true. I just remember one thing my husband said to me because um, he knows how much they mean to me and how much he meant meant and means to me and I remember him just sort of saying one day I am so sorry for you and not in a patronising way or in in that way but you know I, I sincerely got from him that he didn't know how I felt but knew how I must be feeling and that the grief is something that I've just you know it's not something that he knows about but something I was definitely going through it. and I do I remember like lying in bed sometimes at night and just sobbing. Just I was utterly heartbroken that he that he'd died. And I, I still am like these past few days I've been like what like bit a bit on the looking part binge it happens occasionally sort of and it um <laughs> Knowing that I'm never going to get to see them live again, that really hurt. Like, and you know what the most annoying thing—not annoying—but Mike Chino' the other the other singer, um, he did—he's got an album out. He an album came out the the, the year after, um, and it's it's called Post Traumatic, and I really love the album. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Mike Schneider anyway. He did a tour, so he did this Post Traumatic record and he did a tour with it and I god i really wanted to go and see it because um you know he dealt with his grief in the way that you know he knew how to which was as a as a, an artist and the album itself is just heartbreaking um but he was only he was only touring in his only a show in london and that's a really long way away from me i live in the northwest and the tickets again though tickets were really expensive like um i mean i would have i would have got paid i would have paid for it to go had it not been in london because going to london in itself is expensive um getting the train there is very expensive staying there's very expensive um i sort of wish i'd really just bit the bullet and gone anyway but again hindsight um yeah i just i'm so heartbroken like Utterly devastated. I still am. Like it's been. It'll be coming up three years um, next month, and I can't believe it's been that that long already. Because it, it's so hard. Like watching like YouTube videos about him, and you know, listening to his music, listening to their music, which I've been doing loads recently, and just knowing that he doesn't, ex- he doesn't exist anymore. Like I don't. If you're listening and you haven't heard Inky Park, I do you know go and listen to them though. Just to hear his voice, he had a really unique voice, um and one that I used <laughs> so often when I was growing up, and when I was going through some really like really bad patches in my life, like I always found uh comfort in in their music and it's horrible looking like looking back now, and listening back and hearing some of some of the lyrics. So many of his songs were such a massive cry for help. I mean, and he came out and said about you know his his past and stuff, and uh, and then more opened up more about men- his mental health. You know, he was he was never backwards and coming forwards when talking about, you know, his depression, having, you know, he had substance abuse issues, um, he had major depression, he had major mental health problems. And, you know, if you listen to to, to their music and you, you know that, it's just obvious, you, know, you listen to them. And I'll probably inter- inter- disperse the vlog with a few clips of, of some of their songs and things. But I never thought that I'd, that I would ever lose a hero like that so suddenly like he was only 41 years old and he has I think he's got like six kids you know so at that time I was going through a really bad I was having a really bad time I was self-harming a lot uh, had been for a few years and I was really not good and it was sort of around the time that I um, had my mental breakdown and I was self-harming a lot um and when I found out that Chester had died by suicide, that depression and mental mental illness had killed him i I made a decision in my head. It wasn't strictly on the day that I made the decision, but it was because of because of what happened that i just that I decided that I wasn't going to harm myself anymore. Because obviously I thought about it a lot, about him, and I was clearly dealing with these ideations and these these, these self-destructive thoughts and uh, actions. And the thing I got out of it, the thing I I, I took from it, I thought if someone like him, someone like me, if he, this person who has the world, he has the adoration of the world, he has a an amazing family, a beautiful family, has, uh, it sounds really bad, like I'm saying, like, oh he's got all this success, he doesn't have the right to be depressed, this is not what I'm saying is, but this guy was on top of the world, he had an amazing family, he had an amazing career, he had the love of the world, and yet still, depression took him, he he was taken away by mental illness, and if someone, if he my hero if that can happen to them then i must have much more strength in me than i realize because i'm still here and i looked sort of down at the the marks on my arms and thought i'm not going to do this anymore and not only was it sort of a a realization that i have more strength in me than i realized but i it was like a my own sort of like tribute to him because he'd helped me so much in the in the past and continues to do so, he'd helped me so much, I just thought I can honour him and his memory by not hurting myself. So I made a decision from that day. I wasn't going to, and I haven't. I've had very close encounters. Um, there I have nearly, and been very tempted to, but I haven't so on the 20th of July um, this year it'll be three years that I've been clean in common in air quotes of self-harm of leaving a mark on my skin but I wanted to take it a bit further and I wanted to really have a real tribute to him on my body and I have tattoos I have several tattoos and I love tattoos I really do and I did think about getting a tattoo to, to commemorate him and have a g- tribute. I do have a Linkin Park tattoo. I have one on my back. And I've got a couple more planned, actually. Um, but I wanted something that was f- much more spiritual. <sighs> I know that sounds really airy-fairy. I mean, sorry if you like that. made you roll your eyes. But, you know, this is something that's very important to me. So I'm not going to apologise. <laughs> For the longest time, I've wanted branding. Now, branding is a kind of scarification which is a sort of body modification. Now if you're squeamish in any way, I wouldn't suggest you Google it. But I will put up pictures now. So this is just sort of a trigger warning for my the people watching the YouTube channel. Um I will be putting pictures up of my my branding that I've got done. And it's like I said, it's a kind of scarification. And it's basically you get a an a, a design etched onto your skin using heat. So like heated up metal. And basically you're branded, like you know, like cows are with a hot poker. And a, a trained professional does this, um, and it's all very, you know, um, hygienic, incredibly hygienic. The place I went to, I'll not name. I, I don't know. I'm not name who who did it and where because it's actually illegal to get it done now. which is so stupid. Um, so I don't want to get them in trouble. People thinking that they got they did it. I got it done when it wasn't illegal, but um, I got uh, a design. And I'll put a picture of it, of it, of it onto the YouTube channel. Um, those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'll put pictures up on my Instagram. Um, I found, first got a, um, a design on here. You can't see on the, sc- on the screen if I just do that, but if you, I will put pictures up. The first design I got done was um, a combination of flames and flowers, and that was to represent Chester Bennington because he has flames tattooed on his wrist. And flowers and... and things it sparks hope uh, and i got these done over the scars i have on my arms and i wanted to do it this way because i wanted scar i wanted branding done for the longest time anyway because i always thought it was absolutely stunning but i i'm just going to talk about how i self- used to self-harm but i used to self-harm using heat using heat i would i would heat up metal and i would i would burn myself i would also cut as well but I've, when I first started i would I, w- I would brand my i would i would use heat um and I got that design done over those scars and it was my way of reclaiming the part of my body that i i put did so much damage to in you know, a in a healing sort of way and the branding process is it's different from from tattooing it's extremely different it's a short sharp pain and you feel it all over your body right in your stomach right in your chest um but because it's heat it cauterizes so once it's stopped it's it stops hurting for a time anyway I got that done and it was a real it was incredibly cathartic for me I spoke to um the people at the the, the um the studio that I went to the part, and um explained my reasoning for it uh because they obviously wanted to make sure that I was doing something like this for the, the right reasons and I told them all about it and you know, they were happy for me to do it and I really wanted to do it doing. Anyway, it was really strange but I had an, I had a, an appointment booked and then it had to change. Um, I think it was something to do with me, I was going away or something. I had to rearrange and then the only time I could get it again, the nearest time date I could get it was the 20th of July. So the year anniversary of him killing himself. And I took that as a sign that it was like i should be doing this this is something i this is some something I should be doing this is a process I should be going through because it was a year that the year since exactly a year since he he'd he'd passed away and it had been a year that day that I'd stopped harming myself and it I found it incredibly spiritual and just an incredibly healing process it it was amazing it was really amazing um Anyway, the following February, so this is July. Um, it takes a really long time to heal. It takes about six months to properly, properly heal. The Feb the following February, I got the second part of it done. It's okay, you can't see it on the screen. It's on the on the forearm, on the top, and it's a flames design, like the tattoo the Chester had on his arms. I love it. It looks amazing. And that is my tribute to him. Uh, it's not finished, yeah. I mean, I I would love to get it all finished. I have some. I had so many more designs planned, but it's now legal to do these these things, which is really annoying. But I will be adding to this with tattoo, with ink, with color. Um, I want to get the flames accentuated a little with um with some ink with some color, and I want to get um something tattooed uh, I can't really explain it it's something from a music video There's on my on my arm on, top the, on the top of my arm I want to get I'm gonna get that that's my next thing I'm getting done and yeah every time I look at it I mean I love it so much it's absolutely beautiful I know a lot of people don't get it but my reasons for it are well they're for me mainly but I look down on it and I you know I, I've scarred myself again on, on this arm but I've done it for a completely different reason and in a in a healing way, and so this this twentieth july this this year will be three years unfortunately that jester Bennington passed away, but it was three years that i'm I haven't harmed myself physically <laughs> you know, and i haven't I haven't cut my skin or burnt my skin or scarred myself in any way. I wish I'd got more more done because I've got more more to cover up, but I'll just do that with with ink I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he means so much to me, and he still does, even though he, he's not here anymore. And I'm writing a blog post to sort of go with this, and I, it's, it's already taken me a really long time to write it, so I don't know if it's actually going to be up at the same time as the blog and the, the podcast, um, so sorry about that, but, um, it will, it is coming, because I've wanted to write this for the longest time, so... Yeah, I think I'll go, I always say this, I'll go into more detail in another vlog or another podcast, but I will. I do want to talk more about Linkin Park, but I really wanted to talk about the, the scarification, the branding and the, the self-harm because it means so much to me. But um, my battery is about to go on my camera, so I, as always, I never remember to charge it. So There's, there will be a part two to this. I really do want to talk about Linkin Park War and about their the music and how much they helped me um but yeah thank you for listening um i hope that you found this one okay i know it got quite um quite triggering in, in areas i will be putting pictures up on like i said on this vlog and i will be putting pictures up on my instagram uh get do get in contact with me all my contact details are in the description box below and yeah thanks for listening thanks for watching and i'll see you in the next episode bye guys who cares if one more light goes out well, I